Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Today, I bring my conversation with Diana Renee. Diana is a busy mom of two located in Denver, Colorado. She helps other busy moms online to declutter their home and simplify their lives so that they can spend more time doing what they love and spend less time picking up after everyone. Today, we discuss one of the most asked guest questions, how to simplify when your spouse isn't on board. Diana shares her personal experience with us and gives us some great suggestions on how to lovingly invite a spouse to join you, or at least come to some sort of compromise that will leave you both feeling satisfied. But before we get to the interview, I wanted to give a shout out to a recent reviewer on iTunes. Ashley of Encourage Food says, you can always count on Diane to share her minimalist wisdom and have awesome guests that do the same. If you're trying to lessen the material things in your life for the sake of having more, this podcast is for you. I just really appreciate the review, Ashley. I definitely agree that the guest always brings such helpful information to the table, and I'm so glad that you're enjoying the podcast. Thank you so much for the five-star review, and they really do just truly mean so much to me. And if you haven't yet, head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. It only takes less than 30 seconds, and it is so beneficial to the growth of this podcast. And now for my interview with Diana. Diana, thank you so much for joining me on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yes, how are you doing? I know we have been, well, for me, I've been in lockdown here for 60 days right now. So how are you doing right now? You know, I am actually doing really well because yesterday was my daughter's last day of school and distance learning was rough, really Mm -hmm. rough for us. So it's kind of like we can breathe again. (laughs) Yeah. How old is your daughter? She's six. So she just finished kindergarten and what a way to do kindergarten, right? Yeah, it definitely, I think, I mean, I guess at any age, it's nice to have that, the social, and the, I was going to say social distancing, but that's not the word I'm looking for. Just the community with one another. <laughs> but especially right. I feel like for a six-year-old, they just want to play on the playground and have that time. And I just think it's so important. So I'm sure that was presented some challenges for you, but actually I want to know a little bit more about you. So can you introduce yourself to our guests who may not have heard about you before? Absolutely. So my name is Diana Renee and I'm in Denver, Colorado. I'm married and I have two little ones. I have my six-year-old who just finished kindergarten. And then I also have a three-year-old and they're both girls. Um, And I, my mission and my passion is helping really busy moms efficiently and ruthlessly declutter their entire home so that they can stop living in chaos. Yes. And you're known as, I guess you have Diana Renee in your profile, but you go by the decluttered mom on Instagram. Yeah. That's my handle on Instagram, the decluttered mom. So I'm assuming that you do consider yourself a minimalist, but I guess I'm curious to know what prompted minimalism in your life and what prompted you to become the decluttered mom. Yeah, so I want to. I'll take you. I'll tell you a story. I'll take you back to January of 2017. My second daughter had just been born. Um, she, like, you know how sometimes you can just tell like a future personality of your child from the very early ages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, she came out like 
screaming so loud that she pierced the hole in her lung, like one of her first breaths when she was born um, and had to go to the NICU. Like she just, she's totally fine. Everything worked out okay. But like, if that does not explain her and like her intensity, (laughs) I don't know. It does. (laughs) I've never heard Uh, that. That's crazy. That's so crazy. I know. And you know what? The NICU staff here said that it's actually a a fairly common thing that happens here mm-hmm. because we're so high up in altitude we're a mile mm-hmm. above sea level uh-huh. um, and so like with the thinner air or something like that I don't know yeah. I I was so confused but um she she was fine it was just 24 hours in the NICU and but then she was colicky and they think it was because of that whole incident mm-hmm. um and for the first three months of her life she just was an angry baby. (laughs) She Mm -hmm. was red faced screaming all the time. She slept no longer than 15 minutes at a time for the first three months. Mm -hmm. So there was a point where she was about three weeks old and I was bouncing her on a yoga ball in our master bathroom in the dark, which was kind of where I lived at that time, because it was the only time I could get her to stop totally screaming. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was three in the morning and I just remember looking around and for whatever reason, it just hit me with how much stuff we had in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Um, And I felt honestly like I was suffocating Mm -hmm. with all this stuff around me. Mm -hmm. And I just remember, you know, sitting there like, and and let me just tell you, like, I'm talking piles of laundry, Mm -hmm. the counter was so full that I don't think I could tell you what color the countertop even was. And I finally got her to sleep. I put her in her pack and play and walked back to my bed. And I remember just laying there and just crying because I was thinking, how can I do this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, like I have a three-year-old and now I have this new baby who never stops crying. Mm-hmm. And we have so much stuff in our house that I can barely even walk through the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I called my mom the next morning and luckily she reminded me that I had a three-year-old and a colicky baby and I needed to give myself some grace. Mm -hmm. Um, So fast forward about a couple months because right when she hit three months, it was like the colic gods lifted it away from her. Um, And she started sleeping like two or three hour blocks, which isn't it funny how as a new mom, like a two hour block of sleep feels like you can like run a marathon. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so we were starting to get into like a routine. And um, I remember another moment where I came home from a play date and walking into my house again, I felt like I was suffocating. Like I just couldn't breathe with all this stuff around me. So um, I ended up sitting on the couch to nurse her and remembered a friend had told me about a documentary called The Minimalist, which I'm sure you're familiar with mm-hmm. on Netflix. And so I watched it and I kind of had like an angel and devil on my shoulder situation happening because on one side it was like, this is really, really cool. This is what I want. This is what I need and what I'm craving in my life. And then on the other side, it's like, yeah, but these guys, they're really cool, but they're like in their early twenties and they don't have kids Mm -hmm. and that's like a totally different world. And so Um, I just decided to, after watching that, I was like, I'm just going to give it a shot. And I just started going. And in about 10 month period, I got rid of 70% of our household belongings um, and haven't looked back since then. (laughs) 
Whoa, that's a great story. Yeah, I think yeah. it's hard not to compare to what you see others doing. And yeah. I think it does make especially certain personalities rebellious because there's just something about, I guess, going against what other people can do. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why that rebellion pops up, especially I'm speaking for myself. That's what I'm talking about right now. (laughs) (laughs) But I do remember kind of feeling the same way watching that documentary. It was actually Megan and I, when she hosted with me, we discussed that documentary and just how it was somewhat more of an extreme approach as opposed to what does this look like in motherhood? But I think that that's so wonderful that you were able to 70% of your things. That is just, well, you have to remember we have a lot of Mm -hmm. stuff to begin with. So I am no way like prior to this journey was in no way a minimalist. Like I was like a maximalist if Mm -hmm. that's such a thing. Um, and I've always been like, an extremely messy person. That's the other thing is people just assume that I've always been like very neat and tidy and, and that could not be further Mm -hmm. from the truth because I just have always been very messy. I've never, I don't know. You could ask my college roommates and and they sometimes still, they're like, how are you doing this now for a living? (laughs) You must be a different person. (laughs) Well, do you, okay, this is, this is kind of personal, but do you consider yourself to be a stubborn person or like maybe all black and white thinking? Yes, absolutely. And I'm a perfectionist also. Okay. So I can really relate to you because I had somewhat of a similar aha moment, light bulb moment. And it was like, there was no turning back because I was very much a maximalist as well. And then it was once I was enlightened, if you will. I (laughs) just felt like I could never go back to that way of thinking. And then it just really saturated itself into my lifestyle. So it kind of sounds like that's what happened. But all that, all this to say, I think it's because I'm so stubborn. It's like, I am so stubborn. I'm so black and white thinking it's kind of like all or nothing for me, which is not so great. Sometimes I do need to like think more in the gray and give myself more grace and understanding and just compromise. But I think it was easy for me to kind of overhaul my whole life just because I have that type of of tendency, I guess. So that's, that's why I asked you because I was like, you kind of sound similar to me. Right. That really makes sense. And I can completely relate to that because just for an example, like if I want to follow a new way of eating or something Mm -hmm. like that, if I don't go all in a hundred percent, then I feel like I'm failing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I'm right. Are you the same way? Yes. I'm right there with you. And again, it causes problems for sure, because I'm either eating all of the cake or I'm not eating cake. <laughs> like, right. Like an entire package of thin mints or yes. like lettuce only. Yeah. And, but the thing is, the thing is, and Gretchen Rubin talks about this in her book, just being an abstainer or a moderator. I find it much easier to abstain from the cake than to allow myself a little bit of cake. But again, that's where I think that more gray would be I would benefit from more gray in my life and allowing myself, but it seems easier to me to, like I said, just eat no no cake or to minimize everything or to really overhaul the kitchen appliances. That's just easier for me than to pick and choose and everything kind of have a per, I don't know. I, you're saying everything and I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I completely, (laughs) I could just relate really really closely. (laughs) I'm going on a tangent right now about myself when we're here to talk about you. So I'm curious to know within all of this, you watched this documentary. I mean, was your husband on board with this or did he kind of look at you like you were crazy? Did he feel over overwhelmed with the amount of things that you had? What did it look like at the beginning when 
you introduced this idea to him? So he was a hundred percent not on board and he made it very clear, um, that he didn't want me to do this. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of things that go into why he felt that way. But, um, he, when, when this whole thing began, he was very much like, no, you're crazy. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. Don't throw that away. We need that. And so that honestly is one of the biggest emotional obstacles that I had through my journey. And I think is a big reason it took me 10 months because I think I would have gotten done with it quicker had Mm -hmm. I not had um, so much resistance from him. Yeah, no, I I can, I don't have a similar experience there, but I know that a lot of listeners, that's one of the first questions I get like in my DMs is just how do I get my hesitant spouse on board? And that's what you're here to talk about today. So I have two questions for you and I'll let you um, just take the reins here. But my one question is how did he begin to join you? Because obviously you were able to get rid of 70% of your possessions, but then did he have sticking points along the way? What was hard for him to get rid of? So I'll allow you to just kind of take the reins and answer those questions. Honestly, the thing is, is, and it's funny when I think back to this because it, it's three, like about three years ago now. And like, it feels like a lifetime ago, but I remember the majority of the 10 months he never got on board. Like he was still at the end of the 10 months, kind of like, I don't want to do this, which is funny because then I'm like, I wonder how much I would have gotten rid of if he had been, (laughs) we may not have had anything left over (laughs) if he had been on board. So some of his sticking points, one of the biggest things with him is that he attaches physical items to memories. Mm -hmm. Um, And in his opinion, if we don't have that physical item anymore, then we are not only getting rid of that memory, but we're almost dishonoring that memory. Mm. And I remember like there was a time where we were going through a box from our basement, which is where a lot of the sentimental items were. Mm -hmm. And, uh, there was like these two picture frames from Hawaii where we had our honeymoon and they were like the tackiest picture frames ever. I have no idea why we bought them in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had two pictures in them from our honeymoon and I wanted to get rid of them. And to him, that was almost offensive to him because it was like, well, why would you want to get rid of our memories of our honeymoon? Mm-hmm. So for for us, that was really difficult for him to detach the actual memory from the physical item. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, I would say, his number one sticking point. But I would say his number two would be his mentality where he was thinking, if we have the space, then why not use it? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. especially storage space. Like if we have all this this huge basement that we're not using for anything else why can't we just keep all this extra stuff down here in case we need it or if we want it Mm -hmm. when we move or, or, you know, there's like a million other reasons, but I would say those are, those were like the two biggest things that we had to work through. And the thing is whenever we're working with a spouse, who's not on board, the number one thing that I think we have to keep in mind is that we have to honor their journey also, because it's not just ours. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's not just our home either. (laughs) So it's hard to, it's hard to remember that sometimes when we just want to like go, go, go. And like, we're motivated and fired up and ready to let go of things. Mm -hmm. So a big thing for me was compromise. We had to compromise on a lot of things and 
they were things I didn't want to compromise on, but he was also compromising on a lot of things also. So that's like a really big thing. Mm -hmm. Another thing is that I learned all the things that I, that someone should not do with a spouse who's hesitant because I did those. (laughs) Like I made so many mistakes along the way that I can look back now and be like, why did I do that? Um, and one of the biggest things is we should never talk to a hesitant spouse about it. If we're like fired up and angry and like rage cleaning the kitchen, slamming the kitchen drawer and being like, I don't know why we have to keep all this crap, you know, that's not the time to like try and encourage them to declutter. Mm -hmm. I encourage the women that I work with to wait until you're both in a good mood. Maybe you're on date night and you've had a, a glass of wine and you're, you're, you're happy to be together and you can talk to him about why Mm -hmm. you want to be doing this and why it's meaningful to you. And it's going to make a big impact on your home. Um, because I think they're going to be much more receptive to that approach versus just rage cleaning or getting upset with them for not being at the same place you are, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it's kind of like that rebellion thing we were talking about earlier. Just if you are trying to force someone, usually they will hold on tighter. It's just something Mm -hmm. about, I think, wanting to make your own decisions and being independent as an adult. I think that there is just something mentally there that it just really makes people hold tight and not want to budge. I also think that I think even if someone isn't stubborn, I think that there's that whole thing where you want to feel like it's your idea, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if we are like trying to make all of the decisions for our entire house, then if, it, if the roles were reversed, I would feel really defensive also if I, if it wasn't my idea to come up with or what I wanted to do with our home. So I think we forget that. And I also, one thing I wanted to make sure I said is I have heard other people give advice where you should just go through their stuff when they're at work or they're not home. Like mm-hmm. they'll never notice and just get rid of it. And I would highly encourage anyone listening not to do that because I just don't think that breaking the trust with your spouse, right? And Mm -hmm. that's the last thing we want to do. We don't want to break trust with our spouse over like three t-shirts from high school that he's holding on to. (laughs) Finding the perfect present for dad is tough, especially if you don't have the luxury of celebrating Father's Day together in person. You all know that I'm very intentional about gift giving, and if I can't gift an experience, I want something that is meaningful. That's why I'm giving my dad the most meaningful gift this year, a chance to connect with loved ones through StoryWorth. StoryWorth is a unique and meaningful way to engage with family, especially with relatives that you may not get to see very often. This online service helps your loved ones share stories through thought-provoking questions and their memories and personal thoughts. He has allowed me to get to know him on a deeper level, despite already having a close relationship. How does it work, you may ask? Well, every week, StoryWorth emails your family member different story prompts, questions you've never thought to ask, like what have been some of your life's greatest surprises, and what's one of the riskiest things you've ever done? My dad has already begun to fill out some of the questions, and his answers have cracked me up. It's just so fun to hear about the differences from his childhood in the 1950s until now. The questions he's answered are ones I hadn't necessarily thought to ask, but will now have a record for years to come. And after one year, StoryWorth will compile every answered question and photo you choose to include into a beautiful keepsake book that's shipped for free. My family will treasure this book forever. So give your dad the most meaningful gift this year with StoryWorth. 
Get started right away without the need for shipping by going to storyworth.com slash minimalist. You'll get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash minimalist for $10 off. And now back to my conversation with Diana. What led to the compromise there? So what what ended up happening was we kept more in the basement than I wanted to keep at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a lot of boxes of just really old things like baseball trophies from middle school and like things like that. And it got to the point where we ended up buying our first house and we were moving again. And we sat down and had a conversation about all the stuff that we were going to be moving to this house mm-hmm. and how much money we were going to be spending on the movers to move all this stuff that we had already moved three to three different houses. And mm. the only time we had opened them was when we were packing for like the new house, you know? Mm. And other than that, they would just go back in storage and um, we, they were like forgotten about. So we talked a lot about that. And I think honestly, like the wasted money mm-hmm. was kind of like a, kind of just, it clicked for him, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, why are we spending all this money on moving all this stuff that we don't even know what's in the boxes? So he agreed to go through the boxes with me. And then what we did is we came up with a compromise in our new house. And that was like, he got a corner of the basement that was his space to put whatever he wanted in it. Mm-hmm. And then besides that, we were going to keep the rest of the basement cleared and open. Um, and I think that that helped because it still gave him the ownership over, this is still my space. I can keep what I want to keep, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, it wasn't going to take over like the entire space of the basement. Yeah. I think that's a great way to compromise is saying what space can we carve out for you to feel comfortable with the amount of things that we're keeping here. And I, I said this, I think on a recent podcast, but my husband has this giant fish head and (laughs) It's not one of those fake ones that sing. It's it's a legit fish head that his great grandfather caught and mounted to a plaque. And yes. it's horrible. It's so horrible. I wish that I could throw it away when he wasn't Sorry. home. But I was like, okay, that's fine. Now that we're this was when we first got married, I was just like, can we get rid of that? But he is able to keep it down in his workshop. I don't have to look at it. I don't want it in my home, but it brings him great joy because his grandfather, his great grandfather <laughs> caught this fish head. And wow. so it's like, okay, we've carved out a space for you. This is your own. You can do what you want. I have the rest of the house is pretty much my domain, which is a pretty big compromise that he is willing right. to budge in that exactly. way. So I know not <laughs> yeah, everyone's we're, like that. We're kind of on the winning end of that, I guess. Yeah. I think that it, I don't know. I'm here every day. I'm a stay at home mom. And so I feel like I want to make it so I can run this household when you're at work 40 hours plus a week. So right. That Again. totally makes sense. I think that's fair. And and we have, you know, there's other areas of the home that we've comprom- compromised on also. Like mm-hmm. just another example is he collects pint glasses from different breweries we've okay. been to. Mm-hmm. And that was something that was really frustrating for me because we had just, when we went through this whole process, we had just gotten brand new dishes for the first time since we had been married. Mm-hmm. And I was obsessed with these new glasses I got from World Market. Mm-hmm. And I really just wanted everyone in the house to use my pretty new crystal glasses, you know? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get rid of all of these pint glasses. And 
obviously he didn't want to. And so this was like another thing where I had to remember that even though this was my journey, this was not necessarily his journey mm-hmm. at the time. So what we did is we picked like a cabinet in our new house and that cabinet was his cabinet to put all of those pint glasses in. So he had to get a get rid of probably four or five of them, but he was able to keep the majority of them. Mm-hmm. And then in that case, he's like, whatever, like, I don't care what you do with the rest of the kitchen, as long as I have my one cabinet to do whatever I want to do in. Yeah, absolutely. And see, it's little compromises like that, that I do think go a long way. And I think, again, I'm not trying to make this too simplistic or to generalize men, but I think that they are happy as long as we are willing to budge. That's not always the case, but I think that as long as we are willing to see their point of view, and there this may there may be a man listening to this podcast. I don't think I have many of those, but <laughs> there might be a man like wishing his wife were on board. So again, I'm definitely making a generalization, but I think that they just want us to see their perspective and their point of view. And so I think it's great yeah. to give them a cabinet in the kitchen or to give them like if you have a an office area to where they can hang whatever it is that they want to hang so I don't know maybe they have a shed out back maybe you dedicate a place in the garage maybe get creative with it and again I don't think always the argument is I'm a stay-at-home mom so I I have domain over our house and you don't get a say because that again I think that makes people tighten their reins a little bit more than we would want to but I don't know I think that the compromise that's really the only way I think to get your spouse on board is if if you compromise in the beginning and then you slowly work through it together, but also separate, it's going to be a separate journey, but also it's a journey together. I don't know if that makes sense. No, I totally get what you mean. And I think the big thing is that I think a lot of times when someone wants to start decluttering and, but has this obstacle in their way, Mm -hmm. they get so caught up on the actual decluttering thing. And and I think really it comes down to, it's like a relationship thing. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it doesn't really have much to do with actually decluttering. It has more to do with like, if they are feeling seen and heard Mm -hmm. in the situation. And then the other thing too, though, is as I went through the process and as I got rid of more and more, he started to see changes. He started to see my anxiety levels go Mm -hmm. down a lot. Mm -hmm. He started to experience, we had less arguments or tension over like how the household was run or managed. Um, And he also, a huge one was that he saw our girls were playing much more independently and for longer periods of time. And nicer with each other mm-hmm. like there weren't as many fights happening and so he was seeing all of these benefits of me getting rid of so many things that that is honestly what I think started to get him to come on board was just seeing that slow change in um, how we felt in our home and just how our family was able to function in our home when people can see the benefit in our lives and see how the changes are just making us lighter in general, I think that that is just a great way for them to catch on. So my next question for you is just if there, is there any area that he still doesn't maybe see eye to eye with you on? You know, honestly, probably just sentimental items from our past, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's one of those things where it's like, I I don't, I guess I don't really need him to see eye to eye with me just because I think that all of our journeys are unique. Kind of like you were just talking about, like it's our journey together, but we're also on separate journeys with him together. 
And so I really think having that compromise of him having that space to keep like things that I, that I think are silly to keep, but to him, it's not silly. So that's what matters, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but that's probably the biggest thing. Um, sometimes clothes, like he keeps a lot more clothes than, than I do, but, mm-hmm. and it's kind of funny because my six year old the other day, she's like, mom, why does dad keep all of those shirts when he never wears them and we could donate them? <laughs> and I'm like, that's a good question. You should go ask you. <laughs> that's so funny. I think it's probably pretty normal to have a sticking point or that we're not going to see eye to eye with our spouses on every area. So I think that's probably pretty common. But do you have just, I guess, one word of encouragement that you could give to someone that their spouse is just not on board and not interested? Yeah, I think honestly, I would, I would tell someone that the main thing I would recommend is just, just have patience. Um, just because your spouse may not be on board right now, doesn't mean they'll never be on board, mm-hmm. um, and compromise. And then also just remember that it's not like a make it or break it scenario. If your spouse isn't on board right now, that does not mean that you can't declutter and you can't achieve the feeling in your home and in your life that you're wanting to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, it may look a tiny bit different than than what you see on Instagram, but like you have your own journey and you can change so much in your household, even without your spouse being on board at first. Yeah, absolutely. And then also if we're applying minimalism to not only our tangible possessions, we can apply it to our schedules and our mindset. And there you can definitely do the work, just how busy you keep yourself or what you're thinking on, what you're ruminating on and what you bring into those areas. So yes, minimalism definitely is about decluttering. And I think that's obviously what we're talking about, the majority here, what we're talking about. But there is a way that you can have minimalism for you in a, a journey that you're taking outside of just the home as well. So Right, exactly. Well, as we wrap things up here, where can listeners find you if they're looking to find you online? So you can either go to my website, which is www.dianarenee.com or on Instagram at the decluttered mom. Great. Well, I am going to ask you the two questions that I ask every guest. And the first one is what is something that you're simplifying right now? AKA what is your minimalist moment of the week? So I am simplifying my digital usage first thing in the morning. And I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but I have found that the first thing I grab, like barely before my eyes are even open is my phone. And I'll start checking Instagram and checking my email and checking like everything in the world that is going to set my day up for a bad start. Mm So I just this week actually decided to move my phone charger into my office and charge my phone in here overnight um, so that that way I can start my day how I want to start it and with a fresh mindset and not with every uh, everyone else's opinions and agendas for my day. That's great. And so are you just using an old alarm clock or an old clock in your room? So I have an iPad, but there's no social media or anything on it. It's Uh just like bare minimum. Um, It's really honestly used for FaceTime for my girls. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. For for family members. So I have that and I just set an alarm on, on that. 
Cool. And then see, yeah. there you go. You are minimizing an area that's specific to you. It doesn't involve your spouse, but you're still getting the benefits of right. taking that out of your there you go. See? Yeah. <laughs> it all is full circle here. Yeah. <laughs> well, what is something that you can't stop talking about? So that actually links into what I just was talking about is that I have become obsessed with meditation over the past I would say two years. Okay. And if, if you had told me like before that, that I would be really into meditation, I would laugh. Yeah, I use apps. So I do mostly guided meditation, but that's something on my iPad is one of the very few apps I have is Insight Timer, which is the app I usually use. Mm-hmm. And so that way, first thing, right when I wake up, I do like a 20 to 30 minute meditation. And then I do another one before I go to sleep. And then sometimes I'll even do one during like quiet time when the girls are napping or having quiet time. But, um, I am, I just like, I can't stop talking about it. And I tell my friends about it because it has been so life changing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wish more people would give it a try or at least, you know, like acknowledge that it could do really great things. So that's something I talk about. My friends would probably tell you I talk about it too much. (laughs) What app did you say that you use? I use Insight Timer. Okay. Yeah. And one that I used to use was um, called Simple Habit. And that's a really great one because it's free Mm -hmm. and it has a lot of really great, I guess I would say, I don't know. I don't want to say like beginner, but it's, Mm -hmm. um, it's really great guided meditation for someone who has never meditated before. And so it kind of teaches you how to meditate. Yeah. My husband and I were just talking about meditation today and we used to do headspace and Mm -hmm. we were trying to figure out if it just, if we were actually meditating or just passing out because it was so, (laughs) (laughs) it was so relaxing at the end of our day. Yeah. It's like you only hear five minutes of an hour long meditation. (laughs) But I mean, I enjoyed it for sure. I think that there's probably just more of a benefit you can get from doing it. Even just like you said, at a quiet time when your kids are in their rooms, just doing it in the middle of your day and kind of resetting. So it's something I strive to create um, in my life as a habit at some point, because it's, it does sound really amazing. Yeah, it's definitely, um, it's one of those things where it's kind of like, I, like once I really got into it and was really open to it, because at first I was really resistant Mm -hmm. um, because it just felt very like woo woo. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Um, I was like, okay, how is like laying there, sitting there and just like listening to my body going to do anything. But um, once I really was open to it and really got into it and made it like a daily practice, um, I feel like it's like a life hack, you know, and that's why I think I talk about it so much because I just want everyone to experience, um, what I have been able to experience with it. Yeah. You're, we're recording this on a Friday night, so I'm getting ready to go inside and just go to bed. So I'm like, maybe I'll try this before I go to bed. Perfect. You'll have to let yeah. me know. Yeah, I will for sure. Well, I so enjoyed this conversation. I should start recording all my podcasts on Friday nights because I feel just a little bit more chill than I normally am. And yeah. <laughs> I just That's really awesome. enjoyed my time with you. And I thank you for all your wisdom. I think that listeners will really benefit from hearing what you had to say. So I just thank you for your time tonight. Oh, and thank you. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun talking with you. What did you think of the interview? If I can tell you one thing to encourage you in pursuing minimalism on your own, it's that you do not need your husband to be on board in order to experience the freedom and intentionality of minimalism. 
I would encourage you to just consider the areas in which you do have control over, especially the ones that specifically affect you, and just start from there. Continue to lead by example and chipping away at the areas in your life that will affect the most change as you move forward. I hope that that is somewhat of an encouragement to you and that you found encouragement in this episode with Diana and her story. I'd love to know your thoughts. I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Facebook page, Instagram account, and where you can find me all around the web. Join me back here next week as I speak with Rita Rogers regarding our intentionality around media consumption. She dives deeper into how we can separate facts from opinion, navigating emotion and bias, finding independent sources and practical ways we can set parameters around just how much we're regularly taking in. Because I don't know about you, but I have just needed a lot more of a break from my mental health these last few months. So join me back here for that conversation next week. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.